0: Own. The Holy Spirit is here and He's moving. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, right now, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice here in this room in Oakland City, in Guthrie, Mabel Bassett, Lexington, Freedom House. I pray right now, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to move, to remove the heaviness, to remove the fear, the anxiety, the distress your Holy Spirit would bring comfort. We know you're doing it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 You can grab a seat. You can grab a seat. We're going we're to look at Jeremiah 12 together. If you're in our Bible reading plan, our North Shore Scripture reading plan, you know we've been taking, a lot of our sermons have been coming from our Scripture plan Uh, And Jeremiah 12 was actually our scripture from yesterday. Um, And so we're looking at that together. Last week, if you remember, just to give you a little bit of context, Jeremiah, we learned about Jeremiah's call in Jeremiah chapter 1. And you know, Jeremiah was called to do something really important. He was called to go out and to preach. Just like we're called. And the, the scripture says that we are called to go and preach what? The good news. The gospel. That's where y'all were supposed to speak. It's okay. We'll figure it out. Ten o'clock. Eight thirty did that, but it's okay. We're called to preach what? The good news. Okay. The gospel. Now Jeremiah's job though was to go out and preach the bad news. Okay. Uh, He had to go and tell the children of Israel that they had sinned. They had been disobedient. They had broken the covenant between God and his children. And because of that, they were now gonna face the consequences of breaking that covenant, which meant punishment. And how many of you don't make a lot of friends preaching that? And so Jeremiah didn't make any friends. In fact, he made enemies. Uh, in the process, God reveals to Jeremiah that there was a plot in his hometown of Anathoth, where a small town that Jeremiah grew up in. There was a plot to murder him. And you got to imagine how brokenhearted that would make Jeremiah. This is the place he grew up. It's a small town. He knew everybody. It would be kind of like this. Uh, some of you guys know our pastor in Guthrie, Pastor Hetty. Pastor Hedy grew up in Guthrie. He planted the church in Guthrie. It would be like if all the people at the Guthrie church got together and decided to throw him a surprise party, and at the end of the party, they would murder him. Right? Now... Got three people, don't get any ideas in your head. No murder parties. But how would that make Pastor Hetty feel? After he invested so much of his life. That would hurt. And that's how Jeremiah was feeling. He was hurt. And so he talks to God about it. Come on, when you're hurt, you could talk to God about it. Amen. 12. Jeremiah 12, verse 1 says this. Righteous are you, O Lord when I complain to you. In fact, this passage of scripture, if you have one of those little headings in your Bible, it's often called Jeremiah's complaint. Jeremiah's complaint. Yet I would plead my case before you. Now, Jeremiah's using uh, uh, courtroom language here. He's saying, God, I have a case to plead, but he starts off by saying, God, you're righteous. He acknowledges that God is good. Now, I feel like I would end up in a lot better situations with my wife if I started the fight with my wife With babe, everything you do is good, but I got some problems, right? And that's what Jeremiah does. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? And why do all who are treacherous thrive? Now, what Jeremiah is introducing is often what theologians would call the problem of evil. If God is all good and if God is all powerful, why is there evil in this world? This has been debated for thousands of years Jeremiah is asking the question, verse two, you plant them and they take root and they grow and produce fruit. You are near to their mouth and far from their heart. God, you know, you're responsible for these people. Jeremiah saying like, God, it, it's kind of your fault. That's what he's saying. But you, oh Lord, know me. You see me and test my heart towards you. God, I'm your boy. I've been following you. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter, and set them apart for the day of slaughter. Now here's the thing, up to this point, Jeremiah has been praying for these people. He's known as the weeping prophet. He's crying and praying for them to be spared. So much so that God has to tell Jeremiah in the previous chapter like, Jeremiah, stop praying for them. Now Jeremiah's like, "God, wipe them out. Have y'all ever prayed a prayer like that? Don't lie. But that's what Jeremiah's doing. Verse four, how long will the land mourn and the grass of every field wither for the evil of those who dwell in it? The beasts and the birds are swept away because they said he will not see our latter end. And here's what Jeremiah is saying. Listen, these people are so evil. They're corrupting the land that we're in. The earth is experiencing their corruption and me, your servant is being hurt by them. So maybe at this point, we're expecting God to be like, oh, Jeremiah, come over here, little buddy. Let me help you. But watch what God says to Jeremiah. God says to this, verse five, if you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land you are so trusting, what will you do in the thicket of the Jordan? In the NIV, I love the way it says it. If you've raced with men on foot and they've worn you out, How will you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you make it in the thickets of the Jordan? What God is telling Jeremiah is this. Jeremiah, if you think this is hard, just wait a little bit. It only gets harder. Now, I know y'all weren't coming to church hoping to hear that message. But that's what God is telling us. That sometimes when we go through hard times, we look at God and say, God, can you just take this away? Can you just uproot this problem? Can you just solve this for me? And God is saying, No, baby, it's only gonna get harder. And I'm building something in you right now, because right now you're just racing against men, but in the future you'll be running against horses. Right now it feels like you're running for your life, but then, Jeremiah, you're gonna have to get ready. To run for a crown. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down one word. That word is integrity. Integrity. Now, Integrity, sometimes we understand it as character a lot of the time. Like we think of integrity as someone who doesn't lie or steal or cheat. or a reliable person. That's part of integrity. That's not all of integrity. I remember when I was in college. This is when I first learned the proper meaning of integrity an english professor stood up and she said integrity comes from the latin word integer it means one an integer is a number that cannot be divided it is a whole number so that's what integrity is is a person that cannot be divided so think of it like the structural integrity of this building Okay, an engineer had to come and they had to rate it and say, you know what? This building can handle a certain amount of wind, a certain amount of rain, a certain amount of earthquakes, whatever else Oklahoma can throw at it. And it will not go from one building into suddenly two buildings, right? It will not turn into a thousand pieces because it has structural integrity. So what is integrity for the believer? Is integrity is who you are when things get hard. Integrity is who you are when things get hard. And that is what God is building into Jeremiah. That's what God wants to build into us. Amen, I want to borrow one of our worship team members. Garrett, why don't you just come out here? I'm always picking on these guys, so eventually they're just going to not show up for me. Uh, You know, Garrett, I have two little boys, uh, I have uh, one that's about to turn four years old, Charlie, uh, and I have a two year old, Louie. And uh, what I noticed lately is that Louie loves to do this thing where he'll just like, come up out of nowhere and he'll just run over to Charlie and he'll just like, try to tackle him to the ground. And what I was noticing is that early on, like the first few times Charlie get knocked over, he'd get up and get upset. But eventually, Charlie started widening his stance, right? And he starts getting ready for it, and Louis will come in. And here's the thing about Louis: Louis is two years younger than Charlie, but he weighs the same amount. He's got like the body composition of like a bowling ball, okay? And he comes at at Charlie like full speed, and he just goes tries to knock him over. That's his objective. And I was thinking of the way God builds integrity in our life. How does that grow in our life? There's two things. First, is when you learn to take your complaints to God. Amen. Amen. Like Jeremiah, that's what he did. He took his complaint to who? God. To God. And we think sometimes, you know what? I can't do that to God. I can't, God can't handle that. I can't get angry at God. Right? I can't bring my frustrations at God. But the reality is, there's only one person on the planet that can handle it. It's God. He's not going to budge. I've heard somebody say this that when you're at your worst, when you're at your most tired, weary, whoever you go to in that moment, that is your God. Some of us, when we're tired, angry, whatever, we go to Netflix and we binge. Some of us go to a refrigerator. Right? Some of us go to unhealthy relationships. Some of us turn to a bottle. Some of us turn to sex. But what if we turn to God? What if we took all those raw emotions and we went to God, even when we're angry? Even when we are complaining? Because he can handle it. That's what Jeremiah did. What he asks of us, because he can take it. How does God build integrity? Here's the second thing: we have to learn to trust the ceaseless love of God. Trust the ceaseless love of God. You know, I was noticing Garrett that as Charlie and Louis would do this, because I don't get in their way. I want them to tackle each other, okay? As they do that, a lot of the times Louis will come at such a speed, okay? He'll just come over, he'll hit Charlie, and he'll just like bounce off and fall backwards, okay? Think of it, if you ever seen like a video of a really fat dog running into a wall. <laughs> That's Louis. okay? And what I noticed the last time, as I was watching them just kinda tackle each other, as Louis is running over and he's about to fall over, I don't know if it was like big brother instinct or whatever, Charlie took his hand and wrapped it around Louie to keep him falling back. Amen. Can I tell you that in those moments where you feel like you're so angry and you're the only one standing, you're the only one holding yourself up, the reality is the person that is holding you up in those very moments is God. Come on. Come on, The very one you're pushing at, the very one you're attacking, he's the one that is holding you together. Yep. Yep. You might not ever know it, But that's what he does for us. Scripture says, what can separate us from the love of God found in Christ Jesus? Not height, not depth, not angels, not demons, not things in this world, not things in the world to come. No, nothing in all of creation can ever separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. the thing that holds us together, that makes us whole, that one whole person that builds integrity in us, because the reality is the reason you need it, the reason you need to be held together in that moment is because he's making you stronger for the season that is to come, because while you think this is hard, it only gets harder. And he's raising something inside of you. He's building something inside of you. And can I tell you? Sometimes it's not even your season that he's getting you ready for. Sometimes it's for somebody else's season. Right now, I know it feels like you're running for your life. You're racing against men and you're not making it. And you're like, how will I ever compete with horses? But let me tell you, there's going to come a time There's a couple here, Well, right now, this is what you feel like. You feel broken. You feel like you can't make it. It's going to be four or five years from now. Another young couple is going to come sit with you and say, how do we have a marriage like yours? And you're going to turn and look at them and you're say, hey, there was a time in our marriage where it felt like we're just running for our lives. But now God is doing something. Amen. I don't know why, but I felt like I needed to say there's a college student here. Right now, you feel like you don't even want to go into the next semester. You're so fearful. You have so much anxiety, and you're saying, I just feel like I'm running for my life. Let me tell you, there's going to be a point where you're sitting in an office, and a young person is going to walk in, and they're going to say, how do I get to where I, where you're at in your career? And you're going to tell them about that time in college where you were just running for your life, because that's what he's building in you. That's the integrity. Here's what I want you to do. I want everyone to stand up. Our prayer team is going to make their way to the front. Some of us, we just, we have a lot of complaints and we got a lot of frustration and a lot of anger. Maybe just a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Let me tell you, there's one person in this universe that can handle all of it. And that's your heavenly father. He proved it on the cross 2,000 years ago. He can handle your pain. He did. And so I'm going to ask you to come forward and find somebody in the prayer team. Have somebody pray and believe with you. Take those complaints to God. He can handle it. Take the anger to God. He can handle it. Take the pain to God. He can handle it. There's some of you, you just need to feel the love of God, the ceaseless, never-ending, unchanging love of God. You just need to feel it in this moment. Come forward. There's somebody here that is ready to pray and believe you. If you're online, there's a number on your screen. I want you to text it because there's somebody on the other side ready to pray with you. Whether, whether you're here in Oklahoma City, in Guthrie, wherever you're at, I want you to come forward and have somebody pr- believe and pray with you. Can you do that? Father, right now, I pray for every single person in this room, in Guthrie, in Mabel Bassett, in Lexington, Freedom House, right now, every single person, I pray. Lord Jesus, they would come to you. You're building something in them today for this season to strengthen them for the next. And I pray right now, Lord Jesus, whatever it is, whatever the complaint, whatever the issue, whatever the anger, they come to the altar and they give it to you, Lord. Whatever it is, the pain, the struggle, all of it, they hand it to you, God. And Lord, you would reward them by engulfing them in your love, that they would feel your everlasting, never giving up, ceaseless love. Right now, God, Fill them now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may come forward.